The year 1994. From out of space comes a runaway planet hurtling between the Earth and the Moon, unleashing cosmic destruction. Man's civilization is cast in ruin. 2,000 years later, the Earth is reborn. A strange new world arises from the old, a world of savagery, super science and sorcery. But one man bursts his bonds to fight for justice. With his companions, Pat the Trick and Prince Brandon, he pits his strength, his courage, and his fabulous sun sword against the forces of evil. His name is Kenrar the Barbarian. Welcome to this week's uh, episode of uh, the Lunch Crew Gaming Podcast. Uh, nicely done, Brandon. Very good. Very good. Yeah. You know, every time uh, I hear that, and I hear his fabulous sun sword. I think of more like it's fabulous and it's fabulous sun sword against the forces of evil. He is Kenrar the Barbarian. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to go that way, but uh, I didn't feel that fabulous right, right uh, you now. I could, I could definitely hear the <laughs> smile in your uh, your voice when we got to Prince Brandon. So, uh, well, I didn't expect it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get for cold reading. Exactly. <laughs> uh, all right, what an interesting week it has been. Uh, or, well, I guess it's been longer than a week. Uh, interesting time it's been since our last time together. Yeah, um, mm -hmm. you know, a couple of days ago was the twentieth anniversary of uh star wars episode one and the best thing ever to come out of it the best thing to ever come there was actually an article um on i want to say Kotaku, Kotaku. i think yeah yeah yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that did a, a couple of things that were really good about the uh about the star wars um original uh, not the original the um episode one yeah actually it didn't really bothered me it did a lot i the 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 thing is if you if you really really look at it the duel of the fates was probably the best thing to come out of episode one. The that, song, that the whole yeah, duel of the fates. The song, the mm -hmm. whole the whole battle between um, Kaigon, um, um, Darth Maul, and and Obi Wan. That was an amazing fight sequence. The rest of the story didn't really matter. That was an amazing fight sequence. That was worth the price of admission. There, there was some absolutely gorgeous things about that movie uh, visually. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give it that. Yeah. Other than that, you know, introducing the other stuff was pretty bad. The other stuff. Oh, well, I heard the quotation marks and the capital letters to uh, the O and the S there. Yes, absolutely. We won't go into that. But if you'd like to talk or touch base on it a little bit, see last episode, episode 14. You said no like me? Uh, yeah. Okay. So. I stab you a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's why I refrained from. Uh, so, okay. The other really big news that have just has just broken is a partnership between Microsoft and Sony. This is huge. Uh, what they've done is uh, they've teamed up together to uh, present a cloud-based future for gaming delivery. And it's absolutely in response to Google's own attempt at delivering gaming. And as bandwidth finally gets to where it was promised to be decades ago, 
it allows for gamers to be able to live in an area where they can stream a game from a provider. It's uh, it's very very interesting to see to see where it's going to go from here. Uh, what's interesting about the Microsoft and Sony thing is that the teams responsible for the current gaming systems that they can, like PlayStation Now, and I'm not sure what uh, Xbox is, is. They were not aware of what was going at all, uh, and and in fact, after the news broke, very nervous employees had to be calmed and told hey don't worry no this this isn't going to affect your your job if anything it's going to give you more work uh because what microsoft and sony did was basically state since microsoft is like the third biggest cloud-based uh provider out there is basically say hey it's their car our stuff you know or their roads our stuff and there's also talk of cross-platform stuff it's very very interesting that microsoft and sony are teaming up to look at Google and other such providers. It's uh, it's very interesting. We'll see where, we'll see where this goes. Uh, probably by the time that this episode, it gets to the website, we'll have uh, <laughs> a couple years of data uh, to go with. So uh, I'm go really ahead. I'm really not excited about the whole streaming gaming service. I mean, it, it, it had been tried in the past. I, I just never really got into it. I mean, even uh, what is it? NVIDIA has their own, I think it's like GeForce now or something like that. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I kind of, I, I, I want to have my games locally. That's pretty much what I have to say about that. Right. And that, I mean, that does touch on a lot of the stuff we've talked about. In fact, in our chat room, which is also a discord channel, which we can have notes about. You all are welcome to be there. We talked about, um, it'll, be, it'll be in the notes, but it's also on the website. It's also on the website. And if you listen to one of our breaks, I believe Ken, you, uh, you also, uh, talk a little bit about it in our in our pre-recorded segments uh but anyway we one of the discussions we're having there is talking about um the ownership of software and do you really own software and does it really matter if it's locally on your machine or not so these are the type of discussions that we have in our uber open and uh friendly chat room you feel free to join us and and jump in and give us immediate feedback and get yourself a copy of blended bacon. So another thing that's been happening, <laughs> I was wondering how long it would take before yeah, until we get that in. Absolutely. As soon as I could. All right. So All right. the other thing that's been happening is um, for the longest time. And I think we talked about it a little bit in one of our earlier episodes uh, is that whenever a publisher or a game company or even a CEO or somebody from a specific company does something, uh, angry video game nerds like to get online and activate their slacktivism and start review bombing previous popular games or the only game they may have and basically say, well, I haven't played the game, but and write a really nasty review for the game for other people to look at. And they call that review bombing. Uh, Steam has been trying to handle it. They've done a pretty good job of, you know, being able to say, yeah, this is a review bomb. And then it gets removed from consideration for the overall meta score. But what's interesting is that once Notre Dame burned to the ground, there is an Ubisoft game called Assassin's Creed Unity, which had a very realistic and true to the actual cathedral depiction inside the game of Notre Dame. Yeah, uh, I was talking with uh, Jeff and uh, some of my friends around the same time. They kind of apparently they may have um, either photo scanned or done like a laser scan. Yeah, they laser scanned it. 
There's a laser scan as well. Yeah, there's there's uh, it's pretty cool because if you have a VR set of goggles, you can actually enter that VR scan or that laser scan and walk through Notre Dame is that it's it's extremely accurate. So the so to bring this back to the negative review bombs after the burning, after the fire, people started giving positive review bonds bombs to Assassin's Creed Unity for people to say, Hey, you know what? You want to see what Notre Dame is like, or was like before the fire Buy this game, get in there. And just recently valve, the company behind steam released a, a statement about it going, well, we don't really know what to do about positive bombs like this. I mean, negative bombs. It's almost, <laughs> it's almost a no brainer what we do, but these, what can you do? Do you well, really the, want to, the, um, the reaction for the bomb is you can flag it as irrelevant or not appropriate. I think that would still be useful as a tool, but uh, yeah, I guess the the idea of saying something is not appropriate indicates it's obscene, which a lot of review bombs are. Um, so it's still uh, valid of a way of marking it off topic, but it's not necessarily as... Uh... Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure it should be marked as off topic. To Ubi's credit, they were giving the game away. They weren't telling you to buy it. Yeah, oh, that's, that's another thing. Uh, talk about that. Explain what exactly was going on with that. Um, they basically, Ubisoft was going to do, um, donate, what is it, $500,000 or something like that to, or or a dollar for every person who got the game for free. Um, so basically you you got the game, you said, hey, yeah, give me the game. They gave you the game and they donate for you in a big lump sum, $500,000 or whatever they donated at the end, at the end of it. So So basically you got the game for free. You got to walk around Notre Dame if you wanted to. And they get to donate. That's it. That's that's pretty much how that works. Do I? I, I think that was a good thing. I think that was that's fantastic. You know, uh, give Notre Dame money. Who cares? The review aspect of it, I don't think. I, I think it should have been marked off topic. <laughs> I think it's it's just like any other review bomb. It it has very little to do with the actual content of the game. It should be marked off topic. I don't know. I mean, it's not like uh, I'm angry and I'm saying you know. Uh, Joe Schmo did this or uh, whatever, which is truly irrelevant. These are people saying, hey, you know what? This is fantastic because you can walk around uh, an institution which no longer exists, which is somewhat on topic. Not really, though, because that's not the whole I mean, your your whole mission structure in that game is not I'm going to hang around Notre Dame and just and just take in the sights. It's, you know, I've got to kill some people that just happened to be around Notre Dame and then outside the city also. Yeah. But you know, what's interesting is that now this is, there's a little bit of a double standard here for us because we were talking about a game, a little known game. Um, We, we just stumbled into it, you and I, uh, and I don't think we pretty much talked about it. It's uh, Oh, it's called the division two. And in it, there's a spot where you can just stop what you're doing and start walking patrol with NPCs. And that's not the game. That's not the whole thing. But that was something that was part of the story. But according to what you're saying here, you would say that's off topic. If my review was based on, oh, I can stop and just hang out with the NPCs and go on patrol with them. Yes, it would be off topic. But that's an aspect of the game. Yes, yes. It would be an interesting thing, but it wouldn't be the the end all and be all of the game. I, I just, it, it seems if you're going you're right. to you know positively, positively uh, lump a bunch of reviews onto a game, it should be, you know, on topic about the game. Just like I, just like I, I dismiss the negative reviews. I dismiss these positive reviews. Well, it's, you know, you're, you're I, right. I, I weigh them with the same, same amount of uh, whatever. 
Yeah, it, it's like removing all the one star and all the five stars and looking at the ones in the middle. No, you're you're right. If it's the only thing people are talking about, it's irrelevant. It's it's because it's just like pick, it's cherry picking. But if they say, you know, this is a really great thing because you can take a pause from all the other stuff you're doing and walk through Notre Dame and just really allow it to wash over you and it brings you into the game more so that when you go back out and you start doing xyz you it, it feels more real to you the player etc cetera, etc cetera. bring that positive moment into the review of all the other aspects of the game that's that's relevant but if all you're doing is saying hey it's pretty cool you can walk around notre dame and that's it and i get it for free yay yeah yeah exactly just doesn't matter yeah exactly then you're just a moron and i don't care about you <laughs> yeah okay fair enough that's absolutely fair because when we were talking about division two us talking about the npc walking around it was just a small aspect of the whole game yes and uh to put that all in kind of in perspective too ubisoft is a paris uh suburb based company so uh, a lot there's a lot obviously a lot of outpouring from parisians and french people in general well, uh, yeah, about, well, about Notre Dame. So not necessarily a positive thing because they were also doing the whole thing with the riots. And, you know, we're going to spend billions of dollars to repair this building when they're, you know, protesting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah. I'm not saying that it's OK, but I just mean uh, one of the reasons why Ubisoft is invested in promoting the restoration of Notre Dame is because they can probably look out their office windows and see it anyway. So that's that. Oh, uh, Brandon, do you have anything else you would like to add? Not really. Moving right along, we're going to go into uh, this week in, uh, well, gaming history, but it's not really gaming. Well, it will be history by the time you hear this. Um, <laughs> we talk, I, I bring this up a lot, and I think I got to say this beforehand. Uh, I don't have an issue with multiple launchers anymore. I don't necessarily have the same issues I had previously with this next company, uh, but I do think it is noteworthy to bring up some information that has happened recently. Now, Epic Games, which we've talked about with the Epic Launcher, has had two very unfortunate things happen recently. First and foremost, hey, Epic had a sale. A, well, it's Epic Sale, where you could get $10 off any game. What's interesting about that is that you could be living in Bulgaria and you would still get $10 off. 10 US dollars. 10 US and 10 US dollars goes a long way in buying stuff. Now, in Bulgaria, the game may actually only cost 14 US dollars total, and you're getting $10 back. So the game costs you four. There's a problem with that. The Epic store is intentionally devaluing AAA games. Now, a AAA game is, of course, the, the top tier many million dollar development game. A couple of of uh, publishers didn't particularly care for that and pulled their games from the sale. That would be, uh, do you guys know the games off the top of your head? No. Uh, one was probably uh, Borderlands three, Borderlands three. Um, oh, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, which hasn't out yet. I think, uh, uh, bloodlines two, which is actually a game I was interested in playing. Yep. Uh, that's the vampire, the masquerade bloodlines two, which is, uh, which was pulled. And then there was a third one and I can't remember, but the big deal is, is that Epic didn't tell the, the, uh, the, the companies that they were doing this because they were thinking, well, you know, we're the ones Epic, we're paying the $10. But the problem is, is, you know, when you don't regionally think about what $10 means all over the world, you are intentionally devaluing games and people who were going to, who put their full price in previously are now going to, you know, cancel and then reorder. Not that anyone would do such a thing, right, Brandon? 
No. Why would they do such a thing? (laughs) Find the best price possible. And that means where gray market gaming sites that that buys keys can go to Bulgaria, buy 700 games, and then sell it for, you know, quite a big markup, still at a price loss. It's it was it was a terrible idea by Epic. To combat that, Epic decided that if someone was going to buy a quantity of games, obviously they were scamming and that their accounts got turned off. So there have been people reporting that they would buy five games uh, from the Epic sale and get told that their account was disabled because, hey, they're obviously buying multiple keys of the same game over and over again. Apparently, Epic doesn't even have a a, a cart. You have to buy each game one at a time. Really? You can't put what? a bunch of games together and pay for them all at once. Well, okay. Even on Steam, though, I I run I run into that problem where like I'll be start playing a game. Say Farm Simulator 2019 just came out, and there's a small cadre of us that for some reason we enjoy playing this game. So I'll buy a copy for myself, and they don't sell a four pack. So then I go back and I rebuy a gift copy, and then I go back and rebuy a gift copy, and I go back and rebuy a gift copy. And so I end up buying the same game like four times or more because they don't have a bundle for, hey, I have friends that also play this game kind of thing. Yeah, as the purchaser of Blood and Bacon for everyone. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Well, hey, imagine if you could get those at $10 off. Yeah, that's true. Well, $10 off, that's 10 free copies of Blood and Bacon right there. If Blood and Bacon was on on the Epic Game Store, I'd be like, you know what? Buy as many as you can because you'd be making $9 on each copy. That's very true. So, yeah, and this is the problem I think Steam had originally when they first came out, too, is they they did not have a mature, like, tool chain analytics, all, all the back office stuff of looking at a thing and go, oh, no, that's legitimate or that's not. And they just kind of end up guessing. And then a lot of people get disenfranchised because of it. Right. And and Steam did not launch easily. And, and no. they just got 20 more years on Epic. So, yeah. And, and but I, I got to say, in their defense... Looking back with the rose-colored glasses of 2020 hindsight, uh, it is quite possible that Steam may or may not have been as reactive or more reactive than how Epic is. However, I got to tell you, my gut tells me that Epic did not do the groundwork needed because this type of information is available from other places. They could have poached all sorts of talent that have the experience needed to make sure these types of things didn't happen, and they didn't. They just rushed forward throwing cash left and right. And that is unfortunate to me. That tells me that that attitude is we have the money, we're going to make it work. I've you know, if you look at history and not necessarily inside gaming, you can make the argument that people in countries and places that push money to make things happen, they have the mentality of, well, if it takes one woman 9 months to make a baby, it'll take 9 women 1 month. So, that's uh, well, yeah, that's that's how averaging works, right? But that's not always, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's like it's like Epic looked over and said, "Steam's got a nice horse. Come on, team, let's build one." And they built themselves a camel. How's that? Okay, sounds about right. Yeah, mm-hmm. Epic was their their head was in the right place. I'm not sure. I think their head was shoved somewhere else entirely. Well, I, I think they're they're like, oh, well, Steam sales coming up soon because Steam sales coming up soon, and they're like, oh, we got we've got to um, get out in front of this. So they're like, well, why not just give uh, across the board ten dollars off in the whole store? Right. 
that makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah, exactly. It makes sense. It's just in execution, they just they were like, "Oh, look, a foot!" and shot it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll take our foot out. Oh, look, now it's time to shoot. Now, exactly. the thing is, is, is that they had already been been told they have issues with their regional pricing. Yes, and they, and, and and to their credit, they've they've tried to address that as much as they can. They just haven't gone fast <laughs> enough with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah they no, did. It might, they, sound they like, did. it might sound like I'm defending the Epic Store. I, I could, I've actually never used the Epic Store. That's why most of this is a surprise to me. Um, <laughs> I think that I think that they're they're trying to do the right thing, and it's just that every step of the way. Um, unfortunately, every step of the way, because the spotlight is on them, any misstep that they make is going to, number one, be news. Number two, be blown completely out of proportion. Yeah. Yes. Now, don't yes. get me wrong. The fact that um, certain games, because I'm checking the news now, certain games have been pulled from the Epic Store because they're like, no, don't do this. Like most of the Ubi games, you cannot buy on the Epic Store right now, which is amazing to me because Ubi was just like, yeah, Epic's our partner. Um, yeah. And Paradox is also the... the- publisher of uh vampire bloodlines too so they probably pulled some additional games too oh yeah and they're 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 uh for a lot of people they may not have ever heard of paradox but they're a pretty significant uh game publisher so yes they are so so all of these these people pulling their games i mean epic is now like oh shit what did we do and everyone is like oh shit look at epic what did they do so well, you know, I, I got to say, like the fact that Ubisoft pulled their games, Ubisoft being, you know, like the 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 neighborhood cat that sits in everyone's lap, you know, it, to for them to be like, yeah, no, they have a pretty good idea that maybe Epic's head is not in the right place or their their ideas aren't necessarily in the right place. It's like they're they're like an android trying to figure out what it is to be human. Well, obviously, we need to be doing this. Let's do it better throw money at it you know exactly it, that 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 i don't think they did this for a good reason i think they did it to try to share market share and well like i said i think they're trying to just jump the gun in front of uh, the the uh, steam steam sale that's coming up because come on who doesn't spend a sh- stupid amount of money at, at a steam sale besides me uh, I don't anymore. So there's no more Steam sale to spend this stupid amount of money. <laughs> I, I me, buddy. We're both like that. <laughs> I, I try not to to spend money at the Steam sale. Yeah, because I don't have control. Yeah. All these games I'll never play. I need them in my library. Exactly. Uh, I, I have learned to restrain myself, and it's hard. Last couple of sales, man, I've been like, ooh, they're, you know, bus station simulator or some crap like, I'm like that was, that's kind of interesting you know uh no no i am never gonna play that just no no and it took me years to get that level of discipline to not just start scooping up all these on sale games the other thing is uh i've got most of the major ones i was looking forward to already so i i i have one or two that i really would like to have though i know i'm going to be utterly disappointed in them like rage Two, a friend of mine a friend of mine forgot he pre-ordered it forgot that he had pre-ordered it it hit his debit card and then was delivered the same day and he's like oh it was a ps4 version oh well okay he played it he's like it's fun it's a shooter but it's that's all it is it's nothing more yeah. nothing less so but still i wouldn't mind playing oh and i played days gone which i think i told you last time and that's not necessarily one I want to buy, but it is one where I was like, you know, if I had it, I would play it. 
so it's really good it's a ps4 exclusive so it doesn't show up in any sales for me yeah no i like i said epic epic is trying they're trying i i'll give them that they're trying and failing hey well listen how do you how do you end up succeeding you you fail a lot yeah but you learn from your mistakes and epic isn't learning they're not though well, they're having publishers pull their games. That doesn't seem like it's a forward movement from their last... Publishers aren't permanently pulling their games. They're pulling their games during the sale. Now, once the sale is over, those, those publishers bring the games back, although Ubi has pulled their... Ubi pulled their games last month, um, and they haven't they they haven't fixed... There, there's some issue between Epic's payment system mm-hmm. and Ubi giving mm-hmm. keys, so mm-hmm. there's some issue there. Yeah. Um, that was before this debacle. Yes, that was before that, and then the sale hit, and then Ubi was just like, "Yeah, we're going to hold off for another month." Yeah, well, you know, that's 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 more market loss uh, overall. So, yeah, is Epic going to be fine? Yeah, they'll be fine because they got so much money, they're going to blow it through, and and you know, they're going to realize that they can't bulldoze their way through everything. I'm pretty sure that they're going to be they're going to be fine. They're going to learn. They are going to learn from this because th- there's no way they can. Are you sure? Because they haven't been learning yet. <laughs> they have been learning. You, no, have, you, you know what? I've yet to see an example of them I, saying, you know, something we shouldn't do that and then doing it anyway. I, I've yet to see an example of that. Uh, okay. We should probably not throw money at stuff, and yet they still do it. We should probably fix regional stuff, and yet they put $10 across the board. That sounds now, like a big mistake there. Uh, now, the $10, $10 across across the board. Now, now that, can be, that can be uh, uh, put down to uh, someone else misinterpreting someone else's words. Yeah, but that's something that could be fixed almost immediately if that's what be. it was. It could be. But but it I haven't finished regional pricing yet. So then, why did they do this? Because they were trying to Steam sale. Hold on, hold on. Sure, you could do the Steam sale, but if you can say, "Let's do a percentage versus ten dollars off," let's do a percentage. That would have been fine. Absolutely. However, they didn't do that. Somebody said ten dollars, and they were like, "Oh yeah, perfect." It's (laughs) not not learning. It's you know, you know what? You're fine. You're right. (laughs) Don't do that. (laughs) I know what that means. That means. I am tired of arguing with you. <laughs> You're and still I, wrong. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, I, you just gave me the spousal agreement. I, I've, I've been married for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> yep. To you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to bed angry. Hey. I never go to bed angry. Okay, kids, that's our uh, advice for uh, bringing us into the first intermission. We'll see you on the other side. Hey everyone, Ken here. Just a quick note that you can find our website at lunchcrewproductions.com. There you can find our social media, Discord, show notes, and of course, subscribe to our shows. Thanks for listening and hope you enjoy. Oh, I got a new generator the other day. You know we're recording, right? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back, everybody. Uh... Today's topic, uh, well, you know, we're old, so we're going to talk about the media of our youth, uh, from movies to books and cartoons. We're not just about games, though the first 30 minutes or so probably would have confused you about that. So guys, uh, we grew up in the golden ages of 80s cartoons, right? Hanna-Barbera. Well, that was the 60s and 70s. 
Yeah, but most of the late 70s stuff was the reruns we saw. Yeah, on Saturday exactly. Mornings. Reruns right, on right, TV, true. Saturday morning cartoons. Saturday, well, that um, was also Warner Brothers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Warner Brothers definitely um, was a big part of my formative years. Tom and Jerry for me, man. <laughs> Tom I and hated Jerry. Was, Jerry. What? I hated Jerry. You hated Tom. Jerry? What? Oh, couldn't stand the guy. You're supposed to hate Jerry. It's a German. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, and actually, that's Tom. probably accurate. But well, that's neither here nor there. I, I loved, I loved both of them. They were they were both great. Yeah, I got. What I didn't like the ones that I didn't like are the ones where Tom could talk. I hated those. Uh, no, there was a couple of them where that was the punchline when he could sing. You know, yes. if you is or yeah. if you ain't my baby, I can't not love. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but when he was just talking, no, I couldn't do. Or, or the later the Hanna Barbera Tom and Jerry's, I I didn't like. Um, I didn't mind the early ones when they were friends working together. Uh, are you talking about the eighties remix? No, no, no. There oh, was a couple. There was a couple where they'd end up teaming up. Remix or a nineties remix? I think it was probably a nineties remix where they teamed up. I think it was Tom and Jerry yeah. and Friends or some. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I was never a Jerry fan. Never was because you know Tom was doing his job. He was just he was sitting there being like, "I'm the cat of the house," and in comes this freeloader who thinks he's entitled to everything, and he would do everything in his power to try to get this guy to lose his job. Freeloader comes in the damn foreigners. No, I wasn't saying the foreigners. <laughs> I know. Jerry's a, Jerry needed to build a wall. That's right. <laughs> a little bastard would build a hole in it anyway. No, it, it make Tom great again. No, the the thing is, is that you know, it would be no problem if they worked together, but everything Jerry didn't only want to win, he wanted to humiliate Tom. And that was that was terrible. Well, well, think about it. Tom was going to eat Jerry. He didn't want to eat if him. He wanted to evict win, him. If the win was, I'm going to humiliate him and win, pff, I'm going to take that win too. Absolutely. You, you victim? You, so you're saying Tom no. really just right, needed right. some rent control? <laughs> no, no. Tom was just trying to help his friend move from one location move his residence from one location to another location. Are, Are you warm? talking a, a specific episode or? No, I was, I was trying to convey Tom eating him would be like moving from one apartment to another. Trying to always chase him out of the house and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, man. And Tom didn't even really want to do it either, but he was being forced to by the lady of the house. You know what I mean? Which lady? Which lady? The well, That's true. Cause she always would beat few... him with the broom and stuff too. Yep. Yeah. Tom would get beaten no matter what. He was, he was the middleman. He was the downtrodden American, uh, you know, uh, middle-class who was being smacked around. Okay. Yeah. I can't go any so further wait, with so this. What you're saying is the Tom and Jerry cartoon is an agilus to, uh, the series of abuse that happens in generational families. <laughs> I'm not yes. Yes. Tom, Tom, it was, was like our generation, us. And Jerry was like the up and coming younger kids. And then there were the grandparents who would beat the crap out of them, blame everything on everybody below. You know, it's those young kids right there. You better fix your children. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, actually, I'll tell you why I like Jerry or I don't like Jerry and I love Tom so much. Uh, Tom was my first stuffed animal. Oh, OK. That makes more sense. He was my first stuffed animal. You know what and mine was that I remember? Was Snoopy. Oh, see, now that's fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't recall what mine was. Uh, it was probably a Jerry doll. <laughs> no. A Jerry I'm, lover. No, I, I honestly, I cannot recall. Cabbage Patch I, Kid? I'll talk, to my I'll talk to my mother on Thursday and find out what no, it was. See, garbage Pail no, Kid. No, couldn't be because those were, he's not that young. 
What garbage pail? Garbage pail kids? No, no, no. I had the card. Meaning that would be your first, because oh, yeah, you enough. would still. Those were eighties creations. Eighties toys, yeah, yeah. And I was born in the tail end of the seventies. Yep, yep. Ken and I, I think we're bicentennial uh, uh, babies, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm a uh, younger than that, slightly. Slightly younger. So, okay, well, we did just spend uh, five minutes talking about Tom and Jerry, but I got to ask, guys, what is your favorite childhood cartoon? So, okay, what do, what, okay. Well, what do you mean pre-teen, by childhood? Preteen, here? yeah, preteen, like like before you, your teenage years, uh, your formative years. What oh, what cartoon man. did you really enjoy as a kid? Now, of course, each of us talked about Tom and Jerry, so of course that's there, and we did talk about Warner Brothers. Oh yeah, no, and that's yeah. There was well. tons of Looney Tunes on reruns; they were everywhere, oh, yeah. man. You know, right. So, so if it's a Warner Brothers cartoon or, or, or Hanna-Barbera, what one was it exactly? Well, I can tell you one of my favorites, not exactly my favorite, but one of my favorites was uh, Scooby-Doo. Really? Uh, Pre or yeah, post? Right? Scrappy. Never. <laughs> never Scrappy. And what, what about okay. the, the Thousand Ghosts? I'm a never Scrappy. Or whatever. What? The 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo. No. No. I am old school Fred, Daphne, Velma, Shaggy. Scooby, Mr. Machine, nobody else. Oh, okay, and I might be okay with the special guests. <laughs> Don Knotts, you got it. Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> I knew the Harlem oh. Globetrotters was coming up. <laughs> and and Batman and Robin. <laughs> okay, all right, that's fine. Scooby Doo. Yeah. Um, my favorite cartoon. Yeah. Favorite cartoon as a as a child growing up. Now I I I kind of have to um, preface this with I watched TV all the time. Okay. Um, TV was my, my clock. It was my calendar. I knew, you know, what time it was based on what show was on. I knew Inspector Gadget, right? Yeah. Got it. Do, 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 do. Well, Inspector Gadget was up there. Um, yep. Same but, here. I would eat but, a pop tart and watch Inspector Gadget. Go on. <laughs> coming home from school, depending on whether or not the bus was running late, I could catch either Chippendales, Rescue Rangers. Oh, oh yeah. Or Darkwing Duck. I couldn't catch okay. them both. <laughs> When you say Chippendale Rescue Rangers, you know it's the first thing that goes through my head, right? No. Chippendale. Oh, yes, the theme song. The theme song, yeah, by Menudo, wasn't it? You're gonna have to look that up. I'm but, gonna look it up right now. <laughs> but but um, yeah, it was uh, it was either that or Darkwing Duck. So I just now Darkwing Duck came out a lot later, but you know when I was growing up, it was Chippendale <laughs> Rescue Rangers, Darkwing Duck, and uh, what is it? Um, Jeff Pachetto. Ah, DuckTales is the other. And he also sang the DuckTales song and the Darkwing Duck theme song. Nice. So, yeah, he's pretty good. <laughs> but DuckTales was from 1987 and Darkwing Duck was, was from... 89 or something like that. 91. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that tells you that I was kind of a late bloomer. <laughs> I liked DuckTales. I liked DuckTales a lot. Um, it got a little weird once they went back in time. To, oh, yeah. uh, to pick up a, a Neanderthal duck whose name escapes me. But that's around the time when I was watching other stuff. Uh, so uh, are you pro or anti-Gizmo? Uh, I like Gizmo. Okay. I like Gizmo. I like Launchpad. Launchpad is, yeah. is fantastic. Uh, Gizmo, meaning Gizmo the character or Gizmo Duck? Gizmo Duck. Because Okay, Gizmo Duck is you know the superhero character that is wearing a suit that Gizmo created. <laughs> just to the people that don't know. Oh, okay. So then I answered that incorrectly. I meant I meant the scientist. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, the scientist. I liked Gizmo. He was pretty good. I uh, created Gizmo Duck, yeah, and he would. It was wacky. Gizmo like Duck. Listen, let me put it this way. My kid also. I I, I 
didn't force her to watch it, but I, I gave her the opportunity to watch these shows. Donald Duck is is on uh, quite a few uh, DuckTales episodes, or is in quite a few DuckTales episodes. One of them is, uh, there's a, uh, a captain, uh, Donald Duck's sea captain. He likes to make things explode. He, he says, I like to make things go kaboot, yeah, shit. I like to make things go clubbook clubluey. Clubluey. Um, but I, I can't cl- I can't do the uh yeah, cheeks exactly. thing, right? Exactly. But uh he says it in a John Wayne accent, fucking hilarious. My kid can do it and nails it every time. Makes me laugh. Hilarious shit. So the the one cartoon that uh I probably remember wanting to see the most was probably G.I. Joe, which probably explains a lot. Um, looking back the, at the cartoons of the area, the one that I would still probably stop and watch from that era that I watched then was actually probably Danger Mouse. Oh, yes. Oh, which probably Mouse. also explains a lot about me. <laughs> so. Oh, ick. Absolutely. Pen, uh, Penfield? Penfield. Yeah. Yep. God, Chife. Oh, oh ick. <laughs> yep. Um, that was on a uh, not Nickelodeon. Um, was it Nickelodeon? Might have been. Uh, I yeah, I think it was Nickelodeon yeah. because I seem to recall Nickelodeon and uh, you can't do that on television. Yes, so it was Nickelodeon. <laughs> uh, it, of course, being a I think originally a UK cartoon for some reason. Or something. So uh, now there are lots of other since you mentioned like Inspector Gadget and stuff like that. There are probably a lot of other cartoons mm-hmm. that we all mm-hmm. still liked, but they weren't our favorites. <laughs> So, hold up, hold up. I got to go back oh, yeah. to uh, G.I. Joe for a second there. Yeah, I will tell you there was one episode of G.I. Joe that had me in tears. Okay. Absolute in tears. Was it, uh, Just did it feature Scarlet right about the time you hit puberty? <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, however, she did play, for, for, she was in the episode. Okay, so <laughs> there was, this was before Kung Fu Grip, and there was a, uh, there was a, a tank and figurine that came together. And it was a M1A1 tank type deal and the character that came with it was with the name Steeler. Well, he was from Pittsburgh and of course I was born in Pittsburgh and had just, you know, moved Steelers to New Jersey and, and yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So I had this this connection with this figurine and I, he was my favorite. And then they had a cartoon where a couple of the Joes, Steeler included, ended up uh, uh, going to an alternate dimension where Cobra had won. And it was the first time I'd ever seen a skeleton or two in a cartoon series. Oh. And it was this alternate dimension where G.I. Joe had been all destroyed. Uh, 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 Destro ended up being a good guy or something. I don't remember. Destro and, and the Baroness had become good guys. And they decided to put up the uh, uh, the rebellion against Cobra. And Steeler decided to stay in the alternate dimension. And he was gone from the series. Oh, wow. And that so was they, just they so someone out of the series. That's... Okay. They wrote a character out of the series. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, yeah. thinking back to him, like, it was kind of nobody died. No major character yeah. ever got hit. Yeah. Everybody missed the lasers. But, no, this had two skeletons. They ran into two skeletons. One was of Duke. And I can't remember who the other one was because they checked the dog tags. Yeah. It was horrifying. And I was inconsolable. And then I broke the thumbs off of a stealer and never played with him again. So. <laughs> but I also remember the episode with uh, Shipwreck. Uh, Cobra had... To, uh, had kidnapped him and brainwashed him into thinking that the war was over and he was retired. And then uh, the next thing you know, people were melting. Yeah, it was, it was, it was amazing. Do you remember that? You guys remember these, these I episodes? I do not remember I, those episodes. Then you I, were I, not a GI Joe fan. I was not a GI Joe fan. Um, I preferred Transformers over GI Joe. Autobots roll out. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But, but I couldn't uh, tell you a specific episode if, 
you know, you were torturing me. I, I would not be able to remember. <laughs> well, do you remember the one where Optimus Tr- Prime turned into a semi? Yeah, okay. Yeah. We're good. Soundwave. Oh, guys, you remember Megatron? What was he? What did he turn into? A gun. A gun. Right. Do you remember the friend? Because it was never you, but the friend sure. who had a Megatron yeah, and brought him to school? <laughs> uh, no, uh, I didn't have one that yeah, brought him to school now. I do. Because he was I... an actual working cap gun. Yep. And they brought him to school. Yes. You can't do that now. Cannot do that now. Yeah, you, no, sir. You go to jail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kid jail. It's terrible. But yeah. And it was it was always the one kid that, you know, he would have the best He-Man figures. He would have, I mean, you'd have like like the second wave of, of Transformer guys. Uh, you know? GoBots. <laughs> thank you very much. Oh, yeah, GoBots. <laughs> okay. GoBots weren't so bad because sometimes they had rubber tires and that was like high quality. God, it's like we're back on the playground again. So, okay. All right. So we, we've got, we've got GI Joe transformers. We've got, we did touch a little bit on He-Man. He-Man I was kind of iffy about. Yeah. No, I never, um, yeah, something about He-Man just never, I mean, it was fine. It was something to watch. It wasn't terrible. Yeah. But I never got into the toys. Never really oh, got into no. that. that whole the thing the toys him. were weird. Yeah. That wasn't it. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite things to do was post uh, um, Empire Strikes Back was taking uh, modeling clay. And putting all my toys in it like carbonite. <laughs> so I'd have G.I. Joe's that were covered in clay, which is a treat to try to get everything out of. I'd have Star Wars characters covered in clay. And I'd have cars covered in clay. Yeah. Yeah. I use the clay to attach um, explosives. Uh, okay. <laughs> that's that's how how old were you when you were doing this? Was it like last week? <laughs> I wish. Somebody because that's kind of cool. <laughs> No, no, I had, uh, you know, Play-Doh that most of the time when I was playing with the toys, it was around the summertime. So, you know, you bring your Play-Doh outside, you have your 4th of July fireworks and you stick your salutes onto your G.I. Joe and you light it and see if G.I. Joe can hold on to that bomb. (laughs) Some days you can't just get rid of a bomb. Yeah, you're right. You're right. (laughs) So, okay, guys, I'll, I'll have to tell you what my absolute favorite childhood cartoon was. And if you look at the script, you already know. And that's the real Ghostbusters. Uh, yeah. That was my absolute favorite. Why? Because I started at an early age really getting into myths and mythology. And a lot of the Ghostbuster ghosts were actual, you know, myths were, were based on actual scary creatures. And it was a great way to take actual scary creatures and show that, you know, if you're terrified of them or whatever, for whatever reason, that they were indeed defeatable. And it was quite awesome. Plus, you know, I love the movie. Right. And uh, who didn't? Uh, well, we're not talking about Ghostbusters 2. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or what? What was that? We're not talking about there Ghostbusters was a second 2. Ghostbusters? Yeah. The Ghostbusters 2 was pretty good, too. Wasn't as good as the first one. No. Are we going to have to Are we gonna have to fight? I thought, I uh, thought this already established. This is going to be like a Thunderdome. We'll have to sell tickets. <laughs> Are you are you divorcing me to marry Ken? Is that what you're doing? I'm just wondering. I I because I, I thoroughly enjoyed the second one. I, you know what? I've only seen it once. I got to be honest. I only seen only it seen once. it once. Yeah, I've only seen it once. So, uh, but anyway, yeah, it was it was one of my favorites. And uh, even even with the fact that the voices weren't consistent, Lorenzo music was uh, Peter Venkman, and then it became uh, Dave Coulier, and you know, yeah. And Egon had blonde hair instead of black hair. and Yeah, that pissed me off. Okay, now, we did the preteen stuff. We agreed that there were some classics. That We agreed that there were some other ones. And then, of course, so after you hit 13, 
And from 13 on up, what was your cartoon that you would watch? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, good call. Yeah. Turtle Power. Uh, yeah. Someone actually pointed it out to me, and I, I, this never occurred to me, but the incident that created the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was the exact same incident that created Daredevil. Yes. In fact, I believe <laughs> I posted that in the channel. Oh, that was you? Discord. Okay. Well, then. It's true. Yeah, it's true. Now, listen, there's there's more similarities here. Okay, so Daredevil fights the Fist. That's the clan of ninjas that he fights. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fight the foot. No, I'm sorry. Daredevil is the hand. Daredevil is the hand. Yeah. So, yeah, the the Ninja Turtles do the foot. Um, uh, Daredevil's sensei, sensei, teacher, his name is Styx. (laughs) The Turtles, their teacher is named Splinter. Okay. With me so far? Okay. So, anyway, yeah, the ooze that got into uh, Matt Murdock's eyes is the same mutagen ooze that turned the baby turtles because they were they were being carried by a kid next to Matt and he dropped them or Matt had them or something. I don't, I don't know. So that's, but of course, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were in a completely different um, publishing house. So they really couldn't say that. But later on, Eastman and Laird uh, basically said, yeah, that's, that's it right there. I did not know that. Yeah, well, now you know. Now, you know, that's what you also get for not paying attention in our Discord channel. Information about our Discord channel can be found at lunchcrewproductions.com. <laughs> I'm in there from time to time. I actually just posted something in there that I thought was funny. All right. So Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for, for Brandon. How about you, Ken? What was your favorite? So the 90s, I had a lot more free time in the 90s and ended up watching a lot of cartoons because they were more afternoon cartoons and stuff like that. But so I don't know necessarily have a favorite. Yeah, I don't know. Probably Animaniacs. Um, which as looking back is like, that is a genius program. But as far as Saturday morning, it would have to be the tick. The tick. Yes. Yes. Very much so. Susan. I'll call him speak. Cause that's what he does. <laughs> By the way, as a side note, m- a moment of silence for the fact that Amazon has canceled the live action tick series after two seasons. Okay. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Ken on this one and say the Animaniacs uh, probably were my absolute favorite through most of the 90s. Yeah. All right. Um, okay, then. I figure we, we've we covered the cartoons, so let's talk about childhood movies. What is your favorite childhood movie, guys? Now, that is hard because it fluctuates based on the recollection of the, the past. <laughs> because I could, say, I could say The Princess Bride, but honestly, I, I hadn't seen it until I was probably 13 or I didn't see it until I was probably about 13. Right. So that wouldn't be my childhood movie. That would be a, a teen movie ish. Right. Well, it's a, it's an all time favorite. Yeah. 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 But I could also say something like clue because it helped me form. Yep. My one plus, one plus sense plus of humor, one. not only my sense of humor, but um, Mrs. White really did a number oh on my. me. <laughs> Flames that, that Mrs. No, no, White. No, 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 I'm sorry. Sorry. The maid, oh. the maid. Bridget or whatever her name was. Yeah. But I yeah. thought it was anyway. Yeah. She Wait. did a number. Um, that's the end of it. So I think it ties into why you weren't lo- watching a lot of after school cartoons in your late teens or <laughs> something like that. Oh, Yvette. Yes. Yvette. Yvette. Yeah. Um, so, so those two, those two movies, a huge part of my childhood. Well, we already talked about my favorite, which was Ghostbusters, but exactly. Now I could also say something like star Wars, a new hope, but that wasn't, at the time, one of my favorite movies. Yeah, so that, that, that's kind As of a sticky, sticky part, like you, like you were saying, yeah. Brandon. I look back and I well, say, that movie was really influential on me, or looking back, like, I really like that movie even today, versus 
where I was at the time. And I thought, oh, that movie was fantastic. You know, you know what movie I was amazed by and ended up watching a lot of? Uh, it was the first movie I ever saw on VHS, and that was Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Last Ark. That was a good movie. Man, I loved 98% of that movie. 98%? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was completely done with the face melting. Yep. Well, fortunately, <laughs> it's like five minutes at the end, and you don't have to worry about it anymore. Which is why 98% <laughs> of the movie is a winner, winner, chicken dinner for me. But yeah, nope. The uh, one of the other movies um, that I <laughs> that helped form my sense of humor was like Top Secret. Those kind <laughs> oh, of yeah. Top Secret okay. airplane um, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Oh God, those were the best. Yep. Love those yeah. movies. Um, Good luck. Top Secret. <laughs> we're all counting on you. <laughs> Top Secret. No, 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 because you know, guys on the phone is like, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. all right. Let me know if his condition changes. He hangs up the phone and turns around. He's dead, and it's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> <sighs> so yep. that kind of yep. humor that that my my little my older brother and I would um because they came on a channel that we didn't quite get in because we didn't have cable. We didn't quite get in, so we'd have to mess with the antenna a lot. Mm-hmm. And you know, we'd sit down and, and and try to get this channel so hard. And most of the time it was just audio that we could get. So we listened to that movie a hundred times. <laughs> Watched <laughs> it probably about five. <laughs> Yeah. So, yep. well, that and and we used to catch Money Python a lot as much oh, as we yeah. could. Oh yeah. On uh, on uh, uh, it was the public broadcasting channel, it's PBS, um, Channel Thirteen out of New York City for me. You uh, probably you growing up probably was uh, Boston, right? Whatever. Yeah, it was Boston. Yeah, WBHN or something like that. BUR, I think it is. Yeah, I, but either I mean, way, there were those kind of. Uh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say those kind of movies. Like I said, it it, it kind of depends on the year and the movie. Um, you know, all right, what, then, all right, let's let's move it to your post team. What was your favorite teenage movie? Uh, it would have to be one of the Star Wars. Probably um, at that point, it would be episode six. I, I remember uh, watching episode five at my friend Kyle Newman's birthday party. They had rented a video projector and were showing it on a sheet on the Damn. wall. The reason why I dropped Kyle's name is Kyle went on later to be a movie director and he did a movie called Fanboys, which... You guys have heard me talk okay. about before. I think I've but, seen it. Yeah, it's it's it. it's yeah yeah, it's kind of interesting. My Kevin Bacon number is really short because of that. Um, the cool thing is is that Ke- uh, Kyle is now uh, friends with Mark Hamill uh, and all the people I remember him just looking up to as a kid, and I think that, I think that's pretty cool. So, but uh, post teen movie, okay, uh, for for Brennan is. Uh, uh, Return of the Jedi, uh, uh, Ken. So this is, it's a movie that I watched a lot in my teenage years. And it was not a movie that came out remotely recent, but I think it took a certain developmental cycle in my life to understand the movie. But it was a movie that I could sit down and watch whenever it was on, or I would sometimes put it on. It's Dr. Strange Lover, how I love to stop worrying and love the bomb. Oh, yeah. That's, and that right. was You're not a movie right. that was remotely out in the 90s. I mean, that was like a 60s movie. So it doesn't matter. It was a brilliant movie. But you're right. You needed to have a specific level of understanding of the world, really, and why the why it was funny, because otherwise it's just not. So, funny of course, also my first Kubrick movie, I guess maybe you could say maybe not. I don't know. Probably is. Well, I will say I saw two movies in the theaters more than three times. I don't think I've ever seen any movie in the theater in the theater twice. I've done it a handful of times twice, but these two movies, in fact, I will say each movie I've seen four times. The first one was the first universal soldier. And 
it was it was at our discount theater so my buddy eric and i would go see it more often than not and we would you know just walk out quoting it the second one was pulp fiction and for some weird reason i thought pulp fiction was a date movie I mean, well, considering I never went on a second date with, I would say, <laughs> I don't think it's a date movie. It's a date movie for a, if you already know something about the person you're going on, but that's usually not what a date movie is. It's a date yeah, movie that's a blind. accessible, <laughs> right? Speaking of yeah. failed dates, real quick, I mm-hmm. took a date to see a Disney movie once, and it wasn't mm-hmm. a normal Disney movie. It was the- um, Black Hole. The religious, no, no, the religious one, the, um, what the, the Moses or some shit like that. Um the Prince of Egypt? That wasn't a Disney movie. Yeah, it was. No, it's by DreamWorks. Oh, eh, eh, same shit. <laughs> it's the first traditionally filmed uh, by uh, by uh, DreamWorks, and yeah, you think it's that way because Jeff Jeffrey Katzenberger. It looks like it. It, it. it. The reason here's the fucked up part. I didn't think about it. I saw it, and it looked like um, uh, 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 Aladdin. No, 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 not Aladdin. Well, yeah, it kind of looked like Aladdin, but there was another. Um, Movie that looks similar. But anyway, let's neither here there. Um, Road to El Dorado? Yes, El Dorado. And I'm like, oh, it's going to be funny. It's a cartoon. <laughs> she understands I have a crazy sense of humor. This will be good. Mm-hmm. It wasn't and funny, I'll get was to know her, And I'll get to know her a little bit. No, it wasn't funny. It was the worst thing. I walked out. <laughs> I left her there. Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah, walking out of a movie is one thing. Walking out without your date is entirely another. Oh, that's awesome. That That's terrific. Were you her ride? Yes, of course. Oh, my God, he was I was out in the car. I waited for her. It's, I'm not that bad. Jesus Christ. Yeah, but did she come out? Yes. Like okay, all right. Like a while later, I think she came out with somebody else's phone number too. So that's good. Hey, I'm sorry it didn't work out, but at least you met someone. So <laughs> I'll take you home. This movie's so bad, I don't even like you anymore. <laughs> if you ever want to feel better about yourself, just ask me a question. <laughs> Any question at all. <laughs> Brendan, I feel like shit. Tell me a story. <laughs> All right. Well, okay, guys. Ken and I were talking about books, um, you know, preteen books or books that you like to read when you were a kid and whatnot. Do you guys have any books? Because I could go on forever and ever and ever talking about books uh, that I read, like David Eddings in his Bulgariad series when I was a preteen, or even uh, Piers Anthony's Xantha novels. What about you guys? The funny thing is, as a as a child, like um, what I started when I was ten. Um, I read the entire world book encyclopedia, the entire thing. I think, yeah, I think we talked about that. Um, so I had a shit ton of stupid knowledge in my head at all times. And I like to quote it all the time to anyone that would ever listen. It made me very unpopular. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I think leaving girls at movies is what made you unpopular. <laughs> that This just made you annoying. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Okay. I was annoying. <laughs> um, I didn't read a lot of uh, actual books. Because I, I just, I didn't, I, I wanted more knowledge than anything else. And it took away your TV watching. And it took away a lot of TV watching time too. And any time I had to go outside, which I didn't do there very often. If I had to do the favorite books, favorite book series. Choose your own adventure. Choose your own adventure. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Choose your own adventure. Absolutely. Yep. That was the, that was the thing. That was what I did. Just choose your own adventure books. That's what you're going to read. There you go. So, okay. I want to ask a question about choose your like choose your adventures. And clearly we did that to some degree. And now I'm kind of curious, how does that factor in when you're playing video games today with a loot hoarding? Like you, a lot of times in video games and RPGs, especially they're like, Hey, here's a potion, a bunch of potions, whatever. Do you hoard those? Because, uh, 
you think that's related to going back and preserving your options and choose your own adventure games or books? 99 Phoenix Downs. Absolutely. You know what? Aerith can stay dead for a little bit until I get to a city. I don't need to waste one of these Phoenix yeah. Downs on her. <laughs> I mean, you know, you got to use some of the stuff sometimes, but most of the time, yeah, you got to make a choice. Yeah, yeah you, know, you never know. You never know when you might need it. Yeah, it, it's it's just one of those things, you know, just hoarding that stuff. It's a little bit of that game theory where you, the, the stuff that you get is yeah, a reward. So you don't want to use that stuff because you're using up your rewards versus sitting there and going, you know what? I should probably use this so I don't, I don't yeah. die. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Enough of that tangent. No. Uh, the only other thing is favorite book as a preteen uh, was the Encyclopedia Brown series. Do you remember those? Yep. Those were ones. You, Brandon, you said yes? Yes, I do. I do. Yeah. You you were basically uh, a, a kid, Sherlock Holmes. You get all the details to try to solve the problem. You get to the end of the story, and then you try to, oh, so-and-so did it, and this is why. And then there was also a list of facts from different, like, World War II or war movie facts or war facts from Encyclopedia Brown and stuff like that. It was, it was really, really cool stuff. Uh, oh, and the other one is Milo and the Phantom Tollbooth. Those were all books I loved as a youngin'. Uh, guys, do you have any favorite comic book characters uh, or or anything like that you just want to toss out before we go to the well, second? So intermission? my favorite post teen book. <laughs> oh, sorry, Ken. Jeez. So do you have any comic books that you want to throw out there, uh, Brandon? <laughs> no, sorry, Ken. Go ahead. Sorry. So yeah, when I was in high school, a friend of mine lent me a copy, uh, his copy of the Illuminati trilogy by uh, Robert Anton Wilson, Robert Shea, and that that is the one. That kind of changed my perspective on reading. That's probably was the point where I went the, from the transition of uh, more comedic, lighthearted reading to more kind of thought provoking. And I I went down a, a Robert Anton Wilson rabbit hole for a long time, and it was a very strange time in my life. Now I know why you don't like apples. Uh, no, I I well. Go ahead, say it. You love them, don't you? <laughs> uh, guys, if you happen to know why this is so funny. Congratulations! You uh, read the post book on too. our Discord. Will buy, I will personally buy you a free copy of Blood and Bacon in uh, Apple? A, a copy of Apples and Bacon. Wait, no, that's yeah. Never mind. <laughs> It'll just send you an apple, apple with a hole carved yeah. in it for you. It, it may be colored. It may be already have a hole in it. Well, you'll find out. I didn't really read comic books when I was a kid, actually. Well, what about now? No. I mean, between I, I didn't have no, an angel. Yeah. Uh, so the only uh, comics, which would probably be technically the called tech. graphic novels based on how they were bound and stuff like that. For some reason, I had some copies of Asterix and Obelix, which is like a French. Oh, yeah. I think they're more popular now in the U.S., but back then nobody ever heard of them. I don't know why I had them, but mm-hmm. I was like, whatever. And that was like the only thing of that era I read. They're hilarious. But I never got into comic books, which is great because my friends will talk about, you know, Marvel movies and DC characters. And I'm just like, I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. How about you, Brandon? Um, I didn't have a favorite. Uh, I mostly read uh, X-Men comics when I was a kid. Um, some Star Wars comics, some Star Trek comics, um, but nothing nothing crazy. That's pretty much it. I grew up on Tintin. Wow. That's an interesting yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, uh, we had uh, uh, international neighbors um, and they would give us uh, uh, Tintin novel or comic books and I loved it. They were great. That's uh that's that. And then as a teenager, I found Mike Barron's Badger. So if any of you know about Badger. When I moved out on my own, uh, a different friend of mine lent me his uh, 
graphic novels of like the tick and uh, Cerebus, the aardvark, you know, that kind of stuff. And there's just a lot of that in the house. It was a very nerd house. We played a lot of RPGs at the time and it was very, you know, college era nerdum. I'm very surprised you didn't have uh, Max or the Max. Scott yeah. No, or... I think I actually no. I've seen the cartoon of the Max. I didn't read the Max. Yeah, that was on MTV. That's where most people, yeah, with Aeon Flux and everything like that. So, well, to bring us into intermission, I'm going to say the one word that all of us who watched uh, after school cartoons will know. You ready? Deek. I'm ready when you guys are. Oh, shit. There we are. Hey, everybody. Welcome back, everybody. Hey, everybody. Um, I'm Dr. Man. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, shall we just super quick summary? Man, we're old. Um, yeah. We forgot to talk about, by the way, is uh, Batman, the animated series. As we were in intermission, we realized. Yeah, it was, it was great. But it's one of those things I don't think I would. Well, I don't know. I, I might stop. But again, there was there's so it's still going on, basically. You know, there's still lots of shorts and, and feature films and, well, and stuff it, like you that. You know, what's interesting is the animated series introduced one of the most popular Batman villains ever. Uh, that is Harley Quinn. Really? That, that was new for that series? That She was created just for that series. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And she was so popular, they they put her into uh, into the, the 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 comic books. And then, and then she got a movie or she got a, a, a part in a movie and now she's getting her own movie. She's uh, very interesting. And it's also very interesting because she as a character in and of herself is a very sad character. You know, the, the, the extended, um, what exactly an abusive relationship is. And it's, it's, it's weirdly positive because it shows how bad that can be. And it also, there are times when Harley Quinn has stepped away from Puddin and uh, been her own person. So uh, it was another, another cartoon that we were talking about that we forgot to mention. What was that one? Uh, I don't like recall. The, the Thundercats, <laughs> Silverhawks. Oh, Thundercats, Silverhawks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Voltron. Voltron, yes. Yeah. Um, loved Voltron. Which one? The Lions or the Space ones? The Lions. Had a bunch of the toys until um, there was an incident with my older brother. Um, he got a toy that I wanted, and I got a toy that he wanted, and we decided to, to trade violently. <laughs> So neither of us got the toys that we wanted. Guys, I've got a cartoon trivia thing uh, for us to take together. I'm excited. Uh, I think there's 20 questions, maybe less. Um, so you guys ready? Which cartoon hero was in love with Sweet Polly Purebred? George of the Jungle, Underdog, Scooby-Doo, or Mighty Mouse? Oh, it sounds like Underdog. Um, Sweet Polly. I'm going to go with George of the Jungle. Okay. Uh, I'm going with Underdog as well. And yes, it was Underdog. Underdog was a sweet, it was sweet on Ace TV reporter, Sweet Polly Purebred. And it was usually her cry of where, oh, where, oh, where is my underdog gone? That prompted the humble and lovable shoeshine boy to slip into a nearby phone booth, pop a super vitamin pill and emerge as Underdog, champion of justice. What cartoon features a team of superheroes that includes Cyborg, Beast Boy, Starfire and Raven? Teen Titans. Yep, Teen Titans. They were all sidekicks of the premier superheroes in the Justice League. Inspired by an unflattering baby photo of himself, what cartoon character did Bob Clampett create in 1942? Tweety Bird, the Tasmanian Devil, Porky Pig, Elmer Fudd. I'm going to guess and go with Elmer Fudd because he looks like a baby. Yeah, I'd probably go with that one too. I'm going to go with Porky Pig, but we'll say Elmer Fudd. Nope. 
Nope, not Porky Pig either. So it's either Tweety or Tasmanian Devil. It's Tweety. Uh, okay. He started out as an aggressive, mean-spirited, pink-feathered bird named Orson, who tor- tormented two cats based on the popular comedy theme, Abbott and Costello. How many years after the debut of Mickey Mouse was it before Minnie Mouse made her first appearance? Five years, two years, they appeared the same year, or one year? Uh, it was like five, maybe. I'd go with five. Nope. Same year. Yep. Uh, they were out. She was around from the very start, appearing in his appearing in his first film, Plane Crazy. She was patterned after the popular flappers of the time. So what blue-skinned cartoon characters took North America by storm in 1981? Blue's Clues, Smurfs, Pokemon, the Teletubbies. Smurfs. Yep. This is a good one. What cartoon characters were created when Professor Utonium accidentally added Chemical X to a concoction that also included sugar, spice, and everything nice? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Powerpuff Girls, the Barbie Bunch, Mucha Lucha. I was originally going to say Dexter's Laboratory. Powerpuff but it's, I, as soon as you started adding more to that, and that wasn't a choice, so. Powerpuff <laughs> yeah. Girls it is. Powerpuff, Powerpuff Girls. Yeah. Which of the following superheroes did not appear in the Super Friends cartoons? Hawk Girl, Green Lantern, Apache Chief, Black Vulcan. What was the first Black one? Black Vulcan. Hawk Girl. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Black Vulcan. Nope. So it's Hawk Girl, Green Lantern, or Apache Chief. I know Apache Chief was in there, so it's Hawk yeah. Girl or Green Lantern. No. Dan's going to be Green Lantern. Yeah, but it's say, Hawk Girl. I thought Hawk Girl was in some of those. She's in the more recent one. Who has a magical pet called Eugene the Jeep? George Jetson, Betty Boop, Popeye, Felix the Cat. I know this one. Popeye. Yep. Pat Popeye. You uh, would say Jeep, Jeep. Yeah. So anyway. Which SpongeBob SquarePants character is always trying to steal Mr. Krabs' secret formula for Krabby Patties? Mrs. Puff. Mermaid Man, Sheldon J. Plankton, or Old Man Jenkins. Yeah, it's Sheldon. During the final season of the Flintstones, what little green alien from the planet Zetox was designed to serve prehistoric dum-dums Fred and Barney? Gazam, Gazoo, Gumby, Gravelberry. Uh, 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 Is it Well, I confuse Gazoo and Nixleplex. Mr. Mistleplex, yeah. Yeah. No, it is Gazoo. You're very right. Uh, What cartoon accompanied by a collectible card game became a huge hit in Japan in 1998? Yu-Gi-Oh, Robotech, Speed Racer, Sailor Moon. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad the choices <laughs> weren't like Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, Pokemon. <laughs> you know, all these other like collectible <laughs> card game franchises. Yeah. Magic the Gathering. Who refused to play the part of the vultures in the Jungle Book? Monkeys, Rolling Stones, Grateful Dead, or the Beatles? Do you say the monkeys? They weren't even real bands. The Beatles. But, you know, they they, they? became one, they but they were the monkeys. Yeah. So, yes, it was the Beatles. There's a um, there's a Sam Kennison sketch about uh Charles Manson and the monkeys. So that's that's where I go back to anytime I think of the monkeys. Which Family Guy character is obsessed with world domination? Stewie, Brian, Meg, and Chris. Stewie. Stewie is correct. Which two characters did the same actor voice? Snow White and Maleficent, Papa Smurf and Jafar, Eeyore and Optimus Prime, Batman and Tweety Bird. <laughs> I'm just thinking the Eeyore is Optimus Prime. That's hilarious. Roll well. Transform. Uh, I'm going to go with Snow White and Maleficent. Decepticons. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah, so I'm going with Snow White and Maleficent, but I'm wrong. Optimus, Tri- Optimus Prime is always losing his tail and everything. His trailer, I mean, you know, so. It's okay. 
All right, I'm going to hit that one. Eeyore and Optimus Prime. Yes, it was. Peter Cullen voice Eeyore and Optimus Prime. Oh my god! That oh, so that's awesome. fantastic. So, okay, if I ever go to another convention and Peter Cullen's there, I'm going to ask him to do some Optimus Prime lines in Eeyore's voice. Oh my god! As Eeyore, yes, please. And uh, if you're allowed to videography it. Yes. Oh my God. That's fantastic. A YouTube celebrity, my friend. During the first five seasons of South Park, which character died in nearly every episode? Stan, uh, me. Kyle, Cartman, me. Kenny, Kenny, you bastards. Me. Yes. Uh, how many nephews does Popeye have? Five, two, three, or four? Three. Hey, he's got, he's got, you know, he's can got... we go with a cartoon that was made in the last hundred years, please? Sure. But Popeye has four. Pip-Eye, Peep-Eye, Pup-Eye, and Poop-Eye. What do Smurfs eat? Truffles, sarsaparilla leaves, chanterelles, or puka nuts? I'm going to say truffles. No. Sarsaparilla leaves or chanterelles? Sarsaparilla leaves. Yes. Sarsaparilla. Sarsaparilla leaves are the primary source of nutrition for for the Smurfs, along with Smurf berries. Everybody, this this quiz was from UsefulTrivia.com. They are not our sponsors, but I figured I'd give them uh, a shout out since they did a great job of putting this together. Uh, We got uh, one, two, three right. Four wrong, so we got an 80 on this, guys. 80%. I'm pleased. It would passed. My mom would be thrilled if I got a B minus. So, all right, guys. Uh, any final words you wanna you wanna say? Anything, any uh anything you wanna all right, guys. Uh this was a pretty good episode. I, I we we talked a lot about uh our what you know the the things that uh, molded us and shaped us as we grew up uh in in the the media that we consumed. Um it's pretty interesting that despite being fairly dissimilar in many ways, uh, we still have a lot of the similar things in our background. Well, we were all shaped by what was on the the television at the time. That's true. That's true. Um, and uh, it is interesting that uh, each of us has a slight dislike or distaste for the He-Man show. Yeah. we. Yeah. It was not. What's funny is the, the, the 10 hour, what is it? The Hey uh um, you know what the hell I'm talking about. Yeah, exactly. Oh, sure. That's hilarious yeah. to me. Yeah, and <laughs> what's going for non blondes with him singing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That that's funny to me. It's the rest of the He Man so that just was like, oh no, I'm good. And hey, don't worry, everybody. Don't forget to check the show notes. Uh so you too can enjoy the ten hours of uh hey uh <laughs> Actually, I only found a two two minute one, but that's fine. That's cool. that's that's more than you need. That's you. You really don't want more so, than two minutes. Yeah, anyway. check our show notes. Uh, come check us out at our Discord channel, and uh, uh, at the same time, uh, we have a Facebook also at uh, Lunch Crew Productions. Um, if you have any questions for us, feel free to hit up their website, hit up Facebook, hit up Twitter. It's been a blast, guys. I gotta catch reruns, so I'll catch you later. Yeah, I got some uh, Thunder of the Barbarian to catch up on. <laughs> oh yeah, good call. Hey, thanks everyone for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Transform. Blood bacon.